Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, praise team. What a powerful move of God we feel this morning. And um, thankful that they put in their time. They don't just show up when we show up. They show up praying and practicing. And not just before service. They do this throughout the week. And, uh, and we're so thankful and grateful to them for their sacrifice and uh, bringing what the Lord's put into them and pouring it out over us. Continue to pray for these names. There's a lot going on this week, and lots happened. Um, and also, let's pray for our pastor and sister Boyd as they're out of town ministering. If you would turn with me to the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter two. Oh man, I can walking in this morning from the class out there. I can hear y'all going. Y'all must have had church in here. Come on. Come on. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, we'll start with verse 1. It says, Now we beseech ye, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon, be not soon shaken in mind. Or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The day of Christ, the oldest manuscripts read, the day of the Lord, it means, is immediately imminent, instantly coming. Jesus and his apostles always taught that the day of the Lord's coming is at hand. Let no man deceive you, is what the scripture says, by any means, in any manner. Carrying on in verse 4, it says, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he is as God sitteth in the temple of God, Showing himself that he is God. He's talking about Satan here. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. This is Paul talking to them. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. My title this morning is Understanding the Times. Understanding the Times. If you put your Bibles down and pray with me. The Lord's already moving this morning. I just want to ask that He keep continue to move. Anoint, 
my voice, my, my mind, Lord, to deliver the message you've given me, anoint our ears and our hearts to receive it, and most of all, to understand it, God. Help us, Lord, to have more understanding of what you're saying and what you're speaking to us in these last days. We must understand. We must respond. We must obey. Thank you, Jesus, for, for spending so much time with us, for being long suffering with us Lord what is man that thou art mindful of him we're so thankful for your mercy and your grace and we want to give you all the glory and all the praise praise God everybody say amen, amen. praise God you may be seated Paul said to the Colossians to the church at Colossae he said I do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Most of all, I want you to understand what I'm preaching to you. Not just be able to quote these scriptures. I want you to understand what the scripture is saying. Praise God, you must understand. My wife and Hat, I, we were privileged that we were when we, anytime we have Brantley or Elijah, we're privileged to have them. But the last couple of days we had Brantley with us, our, one of our grandsons, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about. And we've had him since Friday this time. And it was, Friday it was just he and I, just the men hanging out. You know, I take him outside and put him in my Dodge pickup, teach him how to drive it. Explaining to him the difference between Fords and Dodges. Tell him we love our neighbor no matter what. No matter what they drive, we love them no matter what and pray for them. He's just a talking away, Brantley. We can't understand what he's saying, but that don't seem to bother him or hinder him from talking. Nonetheless, he just talks, talks, talks. I was telling him to put something in the trash. Maybe it was Friday. It probably was Friday. And he went straight to where the trash was. I'm in the other room. I'm actually in my office. And he went straight there and went to put it in. Of course, he wasn't ready to get rid of it. He wanted to hold on to it. But before dropping in, he turned one last time towards me, hoping I would you know, change my mind and let him keep it. Something grabbed me right then at that moment. Although we can't understand what he's saying to us, he understands what we're saying to him. Amen. He understands what we're saying to him. When he's hungry, there's a little high chair we have. He'll grab that, that little chair and he knows where he eats and he'll take it right in there where he eats. And he'll sit right in that thing until we bring the top, put the top on and bring his food. He knows what's going on. Hallelujah. He understands. This, this world around us is, is rapidly changing. We're dealing with evil on every corner. And, and I want to say something this morning. We're foolish. Listen to me now. I'm talking about the church. We're foolish to think that we're the only ones that know the truth. Our opponent knows the truth. That's why the world, there's such a resistance. They know what to go for. They know what to go after because the opponent knows the truth. The world knows. They understand it. Not like we do. But they understand what did they have to go through, reach for to destroy it. That's how they know what to attack. 
And, and, and we must, we must, we got to understand what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a, with, with a, uh, not a different evil, but a more advanced evil. Not a different evil. He's the same thing. He's the same, he's the same opponent. But he's coming at different, in different ways. He's had time to educate himself, if you will. He doesn't have a different target. It's just a modified approach. He's coming for our children. That's evident he's coming for our children. In fact, children have always been the target. They came after Moses, came after David, came after Jesus in the manger. They've all, the enemy's always been after the seed. Always. If the enemy can change the minds and hearts of one generation and break the moral, biblical fabric of our society, the rest will all be doomed. It'll be checkmate. When Jesus came on the scene along with John the Baptist, they stepped into a a deceived, uh, a confused climate. There was a lot of different doctrines and cultures and religions going on in Israel from all over the world. They were now at that time under Roman control, but they'd been under many government controls, many government controls coming up to that time. And it didn't start with the Romans. It started way on back. I'll go back to the Greeks. About 300 years before Christ came on the scene, there was a king, and I'm sure you've heard of him, by the name of Alexander the Great. He was the son of Philip and Olympias. Alexander was quite the conqueror. He was he was bold young man. He had a lot of courage. It's miraculous what Alexander accomplished in such a short time. In just 12 years, he took back city-states and territories that the enemies of his kingdom controlled, such as Asia Minor and etc. And when 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 Alexander came into a power in 336 BC, he believed it was his duty to fulfill the mission of his father. And that was to gain control back over Asia Minor and some other territories, who at the time under, was under Persian power, but previously was occupied by the Greeks. Alexander was probably the greatest general that ever lived. In fact, military still study his tactics. However, when you dig a little deeper, when you examine the childhood of Alexander, you'll find it not surprising that he he had not not surprising that he had such courage. This young man has such visions at such a young age, because his mother Olympus Olympus claimed that her son was the offspring of Hercules himself, and by extension the Greek god Zeus. He believed that, and it's quite evident that he bought into this fantasy. He lived by it. He talked about it. He claimed this to be true. He spread the Greek religion, and that's the connection when you read in the, in the book of Acts. He didn't need to convince everybody. You have to understand that, just like the, the climate we live in today. They're not trying to convince everybody. That's not their goal. Their goal is to convince a few, and you go and spread this, and that's what he did. And so when you're... Uh, Read in the book of Acts the worshiping of false, false gods like in Acts 14, 11 and 12. When the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Laconium, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. 
And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. These were the times the apostles preached in. This is where they were. In Luke 4.18, Jesus begins his ministry at the age of 30. And in that scripture, it reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me, he says, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He's coming on the scene. He's starting his ministry. He's coming into a mess. I mean, it's an absolute mess. People are all over the place believing all kind of winds of doctrines. We've, we, can, we can relate to that, I'm sure. Praise God. So this is where he was. This passage that he was preaching out of is out of the book of Isaiah. In fact, Isaiah is quoted 57 times in the New Testament. Some scholars call him the Old Testament gospel prophet. As Isaiah 1 and 1 says, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Isaiah lived through four generations of kings, or four kings. He was an old man when Hezekiah's son Manasseh uh, came after him, and Isaiah came after to kill him and Isaiah ran Manasseh hated Isaiah because he hated what he had to say he hated the, the truth he hated the word we're living in an environment just like that it's never changed nothing's changed the world still hates the message because the message sets the captive free that's when he come on the scene he said I'm here to bring the gospel because I'm here to set at liberty those that are bound he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. I came to set the captive free. And the world hates this message because they know, the world knows if you get a hold of the gospel, that'll kill poverty. There won't be any poverty. If you get a hold of the gospel, there won't be any more hungry. That'll destroy that. Hallelujah. You won't need politicians anymore if you get a hold of this gospel message. And they know if they get if you get a hold of it, they're doomed. Their time is up. And they must do everything they can to stop it. Praise God. And so Manasseh chased Isaiah because he hated what he had to say. Luke 13, 34 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her blood under her wings, and ye would not. Jewish writers say that Isaiah ran and crawled into a hollow of a tree. And Manasseh had his men, while he was still in the hollow of the tree, cut down or saw down the tree while he's inside, killing him and sawing him in half in the process. What a what an, uh, horrible, horrible way to go. But it's the same story we live in today, just a different time. The enemy is still killing the prophet. They're still killing the message or trying to. His end game is to turn our minds against anything God. Anything God. You're allowed to believe anything. I mean, you, we hear it. If you listen to the news, which you 
probably shouldn't. I try to listen to a couple of clips and keep me up informed what's going on to make sure the rapture hadn't take place and I missed it. You know, <laughs> you know, if I see Brother Boyd hadn't posted, I want to check, see what's going on. You know, <laughs> we want to know. You have to know something. We must know something. But I don't get entangled. I don't sit there and watch everything that they're having to say because I know. I know they're lying. Not all they be everything they're saying is a lie, but I know they're lying. So I, I try not to get caught up into much into much of that. But we we do listen to a little bit. We have to, and, and, and we see the message they're telling us. You can believe anything. You can believe anything if it's not connected in any way to the Word of God. They must kill the message. You can believe in philosophy. You can believe in vain deceit. You can believe like Alexander did that your mother Olympus is the daughter to a serpent. You can believe that. When we look into history, we are not surprised by what we see because we are still fighting the same forces our ancestors fought. The only difference is our adversary has grown in wisdom. He's, he's learned to, to work a little closer to home. Not his home, but our home. He, he, he's, got the, he's got the basics covered. He's got the bars covered. He's got all the, the gambling houses covered. He's not so much hanging out there. He wants to get where we are because that's where the message is and that's why there can be such division in the house of God if we're not careful, if we're not understanding the times, if we're not understanding the word of God, we must also understand him. Praise God because he'll, he'll get into our homes. Praise God and confuse our minds and our thinking. We must protect our homes and protect what comes in our homes. A man by the name of Edward Bernays, a man who literally wrote the book on propaganda, uh, I think he was Sigmund Freud's nephew, wrote, he said, we are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we've never heard of. In, in almost every act of our lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct, conduct or, in, or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the middle or the mental processes of social patterns of the masses. He says, it is they who pull the wires that control the public mind who harness old social forces and contrive new ways to bind and guide the world. This is the man that got the women to smoke. They paid him a million dollars. I'll just take a minute to tell you this. They, you can re research this. They paid Edward Bernays a million dollars. I can't think of his name. He had to, he's owned a cigarette company. He paid. He had 50% of the America, the men, but he wanted the women. Never said, well, get, pay me, I'll get them. He promoted the color menthol green. He just, that's it. Just the color. And the women started loving that. The models were wearing it, Brother Junior. And they were seeing it on TV. And it just grabbed them. They were hearing that color everywhere. And then on a, in a parade in New York, they had these models on this stage, on this float, wearing menthol green. And when he had the cameras ready, when they came by, they shined the cameras on them and they lit up the cigarette and said, Lady Liberty. And that was it. That's it. He grabbed them. He grabbed them. America is the seedbed for propaganda. Homosexuality, wokeness. Why? 
There's a reason. Because like the nation of Israel was in the Old Testament when I started out. The enemy knows this. Was home base. Israel was home base. America was home base for Pentecost. America is the home base for the latter day apostolic church. If you connect the two, it's the same thing. We're fighting the same battle the Jews fought during that same time because the enemy knows that's where the message starts and if I can kill it where it starts, I can stop it all. So when Jesus and John the Baptist came on the scene, they came into an absolute mess. And starting in 1901, here in America, hallelujah, an apostolic revival started here, but also a satanic revival started also. America is the home base for this spiritual battle. Make no mistake about it. There's such an attack on our women and children because the enemy knows that our children are our future. And if the enemy can destroy their minds with all his wokeness, there won't be men and women to carry the torch. And if he can rob our women of our, their identity, then there, if he can take their crown, huh? If he can take their crown, there won't be any out, outward signs of power. Hallelujah, because the enemy knows there's power in their hair. He's got to take that. Oh, they have power like the angels have power. And he must destroy that. That's why when they backslide, the first thing to do is cut their hair and put on a pair of jeans. And I'm telling you, we're not the only ones that know the truth. The enemy, the world, they also know. Make no mistake about it. Hallelujah. The enemy knows there's Holy Ghost authority in that crown. Hollywood's after the church. They're after our children. They know his days, their days are numbered. The devil knows this is the latter rain. He knows, he knows that he knows. I believe the great falling away that they talk about is already in progress. It's already in progress. Not, not the, Jesus said not the elect. He said if it be possible, if it were possible in those times that even the very elect would be saved or be deceived. He said if it were possible. What he's saying is, if you stay filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, if you keep holding on to that, it's not even possible that you be deceived. That's what the Bible says. He said it in Matthew and Mark. He said that even the very elect, hallelujah, I'm so thankful for that. That's a promise. We can hold on to that. He said, you can make it. All you got to do is lean on me. Keep preaching the gospel and you'll make it. It's not even possible that you won't make it. My goodness, i got to hold on to that. This, this, this started happening, this, this revival started happening at the turn of the 20th century after the Azuzu Street revival. A lot of people split and went their separate ways and was carried about with other winds of doctrine. And I believe that's what he's talking about, the falling away. People went into other doctrines. and That's my belief on that. By the slide of false prophets that were lying and wait, waiting to deceive them. If you'll read about what happened there, these ministers, had there's required reading for that. They know what I'm talking about. That was, a, man, you're talking about confusion. And they fought one another big time over that Jesus name. Preach anything, don't preach that. Preach anything, don't preach that. They didn't even care so much about the speaking in tongues, but when they start talking about baptism in Jesus' name, that'll make them back up. It's the name. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
And they were deceived, telling them you can preach anything. Just don't preach the name of Jesus. Don't preach that message. There's something about the name of Jesus that not only stirs the hearts of the hungry, but it also stirs the hearts of the wicked because they know there's, that's where the authority is. That's where the power is. It's in the name. The enemy knows that the life is in the blood and the blood is in the name. They understand that there's power, wonder-working power in the name. Preach anything, but don't you preach Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. Preach anything you like. But don't you preach that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Don't preach that. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether there be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. Preach anything but that. Don't you preach that. Hallelujah. All things were created by Him and for Him. He's before all things. And by Him all things consist. He is before all things. Think about that. Hallelujah. Woo! And He is the head of the body. The church who's beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him. Everybody say Him. him. Not them. Him. Not them. Him. him. dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him, hallelujah, all fullness dwells. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for that? You can preach anything, but don't you preach that. You can preach anything, but don't you preach here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. No, 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 no. Don't you preach that. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Oh, that'll make them back up. They don't like that. You can even preach faith, healing. That's okay. And don't you preach that. Don't you preach that. We're in the last days. Make no mistake about it. We're in that latter rain. Joel 2.23 says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For He hath given you the former rain moderately. Come on, just a little bit. And He will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. He's going to give it to you in the moderate rain and the latter rain. You're going to get both of them. I like that scripture. You, no, no, it's not going to be a different. You're going to get that too. You're going to get both of them. You're going to get a double portion. Praise God. That's what he's saying. The repetition of the former rain says that he will not give it just for that season. Mm, but also for the future and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else there's none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass he just kept going I mean you're just getting excited stomping your feet there but he just Isaiah just keeps going I mean Joel keeps going he said and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit Praise God on all flesh. Not just some, on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I believe the latter rain started in 1901 when Charles Fox Parham started a school in Kansas. Now he just had a, he just had a feeling about this. You've got to get a feeling. But when you get that feeling, you just keep studying and praying. And he got a feeling. He told his students, he said, hey, y'all go to praying and find out what this Holy Ghost means. Find out what the evidence of it means. Find out about this. 
And when they came back, the students studied the book of Acts and found that speaking in tongues, come on, speaking in tongues was the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. They keep coming back from vacation. They said, what did you find? We found it. What's the most evidence? Speaking in tongues as a spirit gives the ushers. That's the sign of the Holy Ghost. And then they started praying. And the first one they got the Holy Ghost was the lady. I forget her name. True story. Powerful. Revival started here in 1901. Later on in 1906, the Azusa Street Revival lasted seven years and gave birth to the Latter-day Apostolic Church. God has blessed the United States of America because it's God's home base for His earthly missions. If I can get that on the screen. I want to show you what I'm talking about. Look at that. That's the United Pentecostal Church. Hold on. That's missionaries coming out of the UPCI, United Pentecostal Church. I don't know all these missionaries. And I don't know if they all were born in America and went there. Probably not. But I'm here to tell you, they got the message from this soul. They got the message from this soul. You see that? That come from American soul. And we've been spreading the news and the enemy don't like that. Hallelujah, the enemy doesn't like that. And they've been after America for a long time. That's why there's such a battle. That's why there's such delusion. That's why there's such chaos. That's why there's such flipping up and down and all over the place. I'm here to tell you that the church, we're, we're the ones holding back that. We're withholding. Now, I'm not trying to center us out from the rest of the world. But I'm here to tell you it started here. And the American church is holding, I believe, the torch for the rest. Come on, look. They're holding the torch. They're getting their funds from this, from this country. We're holding it. I'm telling you, God's shown favor on America because of that. Now, we can give our troops all the glory. That's fine. I, I, I salute them too. But that's not why that there's favor on this country. Make no mistake about it. That's why. That's why. And the church in America has a mandate to understand that and understand where we're coming from and why there's such a favor on us and our family. It's because of that. It's because of our missions. It's because of our pastors giving birth or helping give birth to that. Praise God. Make no mistake about it. The American church has been blessed because we've produced thousands of missionaries. We've gave sacrificially. Not only in our finances, but we gave our sons and daughters over to missions. I know one, uh, my age actually, he and his wife, they left together, younger, went to a, a country, uh, German speaking, I don't, I don't think it was there somewhere else before. And, and when they got there, they only got $300 a month. $300 a month. They left American soul. $300 a month. And when he got to the room, it was infestated with roaches and everything else. He said, oh, my God, I can't stay here. I don't know why. He started apologizing to her. And she said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You give me three days to clean it up. Just give me three days. And so he did. And they stayed. $300 a month. Now, that's, that should be the end of that testimony, but it was not. 
They came back to the States. They had to go to the doctor because you, got, you require a physical. UPC wants them to have a physical. And they're in there by themselves. And the doctor said, oh, I got some bad news. Talking to the wife. What is it? Have you been to the doctor? Did you know you were sick? No. Come to find out she was ate up with cancer. All of her body was ate up. And, and so he looks at her and said, well, we, gotta, we can't go. And she said, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. She said, no. God sent us there and he must have known. He had to know. And if that's where I die, then that's where I die. But I know we'll know we died in God's will. She's alive today. That was 20-something years ago. Cancer's gone. I don't know what happened. I don't know the rest of the story. But I'm here to tell you, that's why. Oh, hallelujah. That's why there's such a favor on us. And we better understand that and not get all bowed up in the spirit about it. We better be humble about it because that's the only reason that God's allowing this country with the mind that we have, not us, but the world, to stay alive. It's because the church is giving birth to that. If it weren't for the American church, there wouldn't be a Latter-day revival. I mean, they would have done it somewhere else, but just stay with me. Hallelujah, there wouldn't be one taking place in Africa right now. If it weren't for the church, the American church, the Latter-day, and the Zuzu Street that started, there wouldn't be underground apostolic churches that we started. Come on, all these nations' reports is possible because America gave birth to that. And again, I'm not saying that bragging. I'm trying to get us to understand what our purpose is and why we're here and that we must keep going. They depend on this church, on the apostolic church in America to get rid of your pride, to get rid of that ugliness and to fight, to fight and fight. They need just to keep going. Please don't stop praying. Please don't stop fasting. We need your prayers. We need your strength. Hallelujah, I could go on and on. The apostolic church must have spiritual understanding in these last days. Praise God, the, the music can come. We must recognize that times we're living in. We must, must understand God is only sustaining us because of our labor. It's time for the apostolic to rise and fight. Pray like never before. That don't mean anything. Oh Lord, this, this world doesn't have, to, have nothing to offer us. Our sole mission must be that our children make heaven their home. Come on. You can't do too much to protect them and cradle them. Well, they like this. They better be liking church. I said they better be liking church. I hope they, I hope they know the apostles' name as much as they know the Florida Gators lineup game. Oh, I'm stepping somewhere now. We got to understand that it's all about the kingdom of God. It's not about no football game. Make no mistake about that. Our children, I know we was all children too. We don't understand it. Don't worry about that. They'll get it. We don't worry that Brantley can't speak yet. I wasn't concerned when I told him to put that in the trash. That he didn't understand the words that was coming out of my mouth. He understood. Your children understand. That's why they rebel. It's not hard to figure that out. You just keep pushing them. We're going to church. We're going to church, Junior. 
You better get your britches on, boy. We going to church. Oh, we got to be fervent about it. Praise God. I'm here to tell you. Oh, there's nothing like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. You can stand right now. I invite you to come down to this altar. But don't just come down standing. Come down clapping your hands. Come down praising Jesus. Come down lifting up the name of the Lord. Worshiping Him. The Bible says a worshiper he heareth. So if you come worshiping God, He'll hear you this morning. Let's worship the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.